0: Shalom to all! Today's Dafazimud of Ayn Zion. We are starting Ayn base five lines up from the bottom, the sixth word on the line. Now, in the course of discussing the Enuma of Kipper, we quoted a Pasuk that Malch Gavriel told Daniel that he was allowed back into the heavenly court, the Pargoid, because of him. Today's Gemara begins exploring the circumstances surrounding Gavriel's expulsion from the Pargoid and his subsequent permission to re enter. So the Gemara begins, What does it mean, this Pasuk that we had quoted, I've come because of your words. That's understanding the Pasuk, and this is a vision of Yechesklaanavi. He tells us and seventy men from the elders of Beis Israel, Ya'azanioh ben Shaphan Oyim and Ya'azanioh ben he was standing among them. they were standing in front of them, meaning they were standing in front of idols in the base hamikdash. and every man had his k'taros in his hand. and the cloud of incense was rising. And this was a vision that Yeheskel saw, and the subsequent psukim that we're going to be bringing actually chronologically happened before this vision that we just spoke about. yad, and he stretched out a form of a hand. Yeheskel navi is saying that a malach stretched out a form. Of hand. and he took me by a lock of my hair. and a wind carried me in between the earth and the heaven. and brought me to yushlim in divine visions. upon to the entrance of the inner gate that faces northward. a top. sema There was the seat of the provocative image of provocation. and he brought me into the inner courtyard of Hashem. behold, at the entrance of the Heichal Hashem, in between the Ulm and the there was about twenty-five men. Their backs were to the Heichal Hashem, and they were facing east. and they were bowing eastward to the sun. Now we analyze for from the fact that it says that they were facing east. don't I know that their backs were to the Heichal Hashem? So why is it the pasuk says that their backs were to the Heichal Hashem? Milam Nistishes Asher they were bearing themselves, and they were defecating. Down Downwards, and this was a terrible act of rebellion against Hashem. Hashem said to Michal, Michal, your nation has sinned. He told him, "It should be sufficient for the good ones among them." Meaning, the good people in Klai they should be able to save Klai Israel, even though there is some bad people doing bad things. Hashem responded, "I am going to burn them and the good ones among them." And immediately, and he said to the man clothed in linen. This is referring to Gabriel. And he said come in between the gagal, El krov, under the Krov, these are Malachim, Kruvim, and fill your cupped hands with fiery coals from in between the krovim, who's right all and throw it onto the city. And this is symbolic of throwing fiery coals onto Yerushalayim, meaning destroying your And before my eyes he came right away, and the Krov, he stretched out his hand from in between the Kruvim, El Share Kruvim, into the fire that was in between the Kruvim, and he carried the coals and placed them into the cupped hands of the one who's him, again into Gabriel's hands and he took them and he left. So Gabriel carried out his mission he got his full cupped hands full of fiery coals and then he went out. Now if not for the fact that these coals they cooled down a little bit when they went from the hand of the krov to the hand of Gavriel there wouldn't be a single person left over from the haters of again Again, this is a euphemism for Klai Yisrael themselves, the coals would have been so fiery, everyone would have been completely destroyed, and the only reason why there's some remnants of Klai Yisrael after the destruction of Baisa is because the coals cooled off a little bit. Uxiv in the Pasuk says, ish love And the man who's loved Shabadim, again referring to Gavriel, Hashir, Kessis, Masnov, with a slate on his loins, Lamer, he returned with a message saying, I did like everything you commanded me. And It was at that time that Gavriel was sent out of the Paragon sin pulls to the denura and they lashed him with sixty rods of fire. Um, Amrulay really, they told him, If you didn't carry out your mission, okay, you didn't carry it out." Rashi explains, and we would have understood why you wouldn't have carried out your mission, because perhaps you were waiting for Hashem to have rachmanus and to have mercy on Klal and not carry out this terrible decree. But now that you did carry it out, Amai loyavato. Why didn't you carry it out exactly as you were commanded? Meaning he was supposed to take the coals himself, but instead he had a crew of give him the coals. And now that you did do it, don't you hold of the concept of don't report with bad news? And you come back saying that you carried out the mission. Well, the mission has bad news in it, so you shouldn't have come back saying that. So either which way, Gavriel was kicked out of the par guide. Now, they brought Dubiel, who is the ministering angel of the Persians, and they put him in his place. And he served there for twenty-one days. And that's understanding the pasuk. And the minister of the kingdom of Persia stood opposite me for twenty-one days. Balazreni, and behold, Michal, one of the foremost angels, he came to help me. And I remained alone, along with the king of Persia. In that time that he was serving in the Pargood, they gave him twenty-one kingdoms, and the port of Masheg and Amhar, and the angel of Persia said, "Write for me that Israel has to pay me the head tax." So they wrote it for him, and he continued asking, "Write for me, Rabbanim, that the rabbis they have to pay me the head tax." they wrote for him but in the bowl now when they wanted to sign this decree Ahmed Gabriel Gabriel stood from the other side of the Paragod, and he said it is in vain for you those who get up early in the morning those who stay up late and eat bread of sorrows. for so he gives now my what does that mean for so he gives this is talking about the wives of Tommy that they nod off sleep in this world, meaning they lose sleep in this world, and they merit to Now, the Pasuk literally is talking to the laborer that rises early and goes to sleep later, working hard for a dollar. Now, they work hard in vain, for Hashem provides those that lose sleep over learning Tyra. So, Gavrila Malch uses this to argue and say, how could it be that the nations will rule over Klai Yisrael when even the women are praised for losing sleep because of Liman Tyra? However, the Gemara tells us, and they didn't pay any attention to him. So, he said, if all of the sages of the world, they were in one side of a scale, and Daniel, he was on the other side of the scale, wouldn't we find that he outweighs all of them? Hashem said, Who's this one that's speaking meritoriously about my children? He's being melamed to everyone. they said to him, Gavriel, it's Gavriel. So Hashem said, let him come in, meaning let him come back into the pargoid. Shnemrat says, and I've come because of your words. And this means I've come because I spoke for you. Since he spoke positively about Daniel, that's why Hashem let him back into the pargoid. So here we have our story why he was kicked out of the pargoid and why he was let back in. And now we continue the story. He told him Leah let him enter the pargoid. They let him back in. He saw Dubiel was holding this letter in his hand that had all these terrible degrees of Bala to Yidin. He wanted to take it and throw it away. Bala So the Malach Dubiel quickly swap. Followed it. Some say this decree was written down, but it wasn't signed yet. Some say it was even signed, but once he swallowed it, so then the signature was erased from it. And that's why in the kingdom of Persia, there's some people that pay the head tax and some people don't pay the head tax. Now we just conclude this story that gavriel was telling Daniel, and I was leaving, and the ministering angel of Greece was coming, showing. That Greece is also going to rule over the Yidden, and Gavriel told him, Avi, Avi, I cried out, Vleka da Ashkachbe, but no one listened to him. Now, the reason why we even got into the discussion about Daniel and Gavriel is because we were attempting to find a source that Rechitza namely abstaining from washing, is considered inoy aniyem kippur. So the Gemara continues, Vibayseim. Alternatively, de Ikri inoy Minolan How do we know that abstaining from washing is considered inoy mehacha? From here, the Chasid says in the pasuk that Shlaima Melech was speaking to Avyasar, who Avyasar kain Amr and to Avyasar kain the king said, is Go to Anosis to your field because really you're a man deserving death. On this day, I'm not going to kill you because you carried the urn of Hashem in front of David my father, and you were afflicted with everything my father was afflicted with. Even though Yasar Kain joined in Adonia's rebellion against David, Shlomo Melch told him that since he was by David side for years and was, quote, afflicted in all the afflictions of David, he's going to spare his life. So we see that everything David went through was considered an inoi in affliction. And Uqsibbei B'david, it says about David, ki Am that the nation said, ra'av v'ayif v'tsamah bin midbar, that they're hungry, Wary and thirsty in the midbar. Now, Ra'av, they're hungry, milechem, from bread. Vitzameh, and thirsty, mimayim, from water. Ayef, mimay, what were they weary from? Lav weren't they wary because they refrained from washing? So we see that refraining from washing is considered an enoi. The Gemara asked, Vidom, sandal. Perhaps this means that they were ayef, they weren't wearing shoes. So the Gemara says, You're right, El Amr, from the following source. Mayim, karim, al nefesh, like cold water on a weary soul. So we see that water on a weary soul, that's considered taking away the enoi, taking away the flesh. Not washing is considered an enoi As the gemara perhaps the apostle is telling us about drinking. That if a person drinks, so then they're removing the weariness of their soul. The gemara says no. Miksev bin nefesh doesn't say inside a weary soul, implying that the water is going into the body. it says, on the weary soul, meaning water on weary soul, is removing affliction. So we see from here that if a person does not wash, that's considered Enoy. And we continue talking about the inuinim of vim Kippur when he lost the How do we know that not wearing shoes is considered an affliction? The Chsevet says in the Pesach, And David was going up the ascent of olives. He was going up and crying. And his head was covered. And he was going there. What was he bare of. Lav minil doesn't mean he was bare. He wasn't wearing shoes at all. So we see that one of the Inuyim that David and Melech experienced was not wearing shoes. The Gemara asks V'dol misusiru martaka Maybe that means he didn't have a horse and a whip. He's considered bare over here because usually he goes with a horse and now he doesn't have a horse. He's just walking with his feet. But that doesn't say anything about him not wearing shoes. The Gemara says You're right write Elam Rav Nech from the following. Yishayi Navi was told Go and remove the sackcloth from your loins and remove your shoes from your feet. This was a symb- gesture that this is what's going to happen to Klai Yisrael when they get sent into Gaul, so they're not going to be wearing clothing, and they're not going to be wearing shoes on their feet. And Uxivit says in the Pasuk, Vayas, kain, and he, did so. he went unclothed and bare. What was he bare of? Doesn't mean he wasn't wearing shoes. And we can't say like David Amelch that he was bare without a horse and a whip, because Yishai Navi usually didn't travel with a horse. He usually walked with his feet anyway. So it must be that if he's bare, that means he's not wearing shoes. Maybe means he's bare because he was wearing Patched, torn shoes, and he just wasn't wearing regular shoes. If you're not going to say that, when it says that he was unclothed, do you really think it means he wasn't wearing clothing at all? It means that he was wearing tattered, torn clothing. So to over here, it means he's wearing patched and torn shoes. It doesn't mean that he was barefoot. So Gemara says, okay, it's from here. It says in the classic, withhold your feet from barefootedness and your throat from thirst. What does this mean? you should prevent yourself from doing sin so that your feet do not get to a state of barefootness prevent yourself from speaking idle things so that your throats do not come to a state of thirst these Pesachim are teaching that if you do have virus you're going to end up being sent into Tagalus and when you get brought out to Tagalus you're going to end up not wearing shoes and we know that's what happened the Kalayis were brought out to Tagalus and they actually weren't wearing shoes and we continue discussing the Inuim of Yom Kippur. how do we know that refrain for from marital relations is considered inui. The Chzibet says in the Pasuk, If you will afflict my daughters, and if you're going to take more wives besides for them. In Ein and Bez on the top, we explain this. If you afflict them, meaning if you're going to refrain from having marital relations. And if you take, meaning do not take more wives besides for them. Ask the Gemara, Maybe both of these statements are saying, don't take more wives besides for my daughters. So the Gemara asks, Does it say, Imtikach, implying that it's a continuation of the previous statement. The Imtikach It has a Vav over there, implying that it's a brand new statement. Clearly, Lovin is telling him two separate things. Gilmour so, continues asking, Perhaps both these statements are saying, do not take new wives. Chad one of them is talking about his own Tsars, the current wives that he has, meaning the current wives, Bill and Zilpa. they should not be elevated to the status of a regular wife. And alma. And the other statement he's telling him is, don't take new wives that come from the outside world. And the The reason why that would make sense is because these two statements would be saying the same thing. Im tikach, So the Gemara says that can't be because miksev im tikach It doesn't say im tikach im taane. The order is the other way around: im taane sev. Now, why is that relevant? If what we're suggesting is true, then the harsher of the two should have been mentioned first. And the harsher of the two is to take other random women as wives, as opposed to elevating his current wives to a higher position. So that's why technically it should have said im If you're going to take other wives besides for them, and taane, if you're going to be maane them by elevating the wives to a higher stature, but since it doesn't say that. It must be that's not true. We're talking about two separate things, and he's talking about afflicting them with not having tashmish. But now we even ask on this premise. Having marital relations itself is considered inoy, not that refraining from marital relations is considered inoi. it says in the Pasuk about shechem afflicting dino, and he lay with her, and he afflicted her. So this is talking about having tashmish, not refraining from tashmish. He responded, no, over this actually referring to Refraining from Tashmish, he actually afflicted her by not having Bia with her more times. He violated her once, and then, even though she desired him more, he was not with her again. And now, talking about washing on Yom Kippur. we have a Asr mixas gufai. A person is not allowed to wash even part of his body, just like it's Asr to wash his entire body. However, if he's dirty with mud or excrement, he can wash himself normally, and he doesn't have to be concerned he's being Ivan Isser. Asr mixas gufai gufai, he's not allowed to anoint part of his body the same way he's not allowed to anoint his. Entire body. However, if he's sick or he has scabs on his head, he can anoint himself like regular and he doesn't have to be concerned. And we have a from the He says, A woman's able to wash one of her hands with water and then feed bread to a child and she doesn't have to be worried. This is talking about washing her hands because of a Ruach Ra that's on her hands. They said about Achas, He didn't even want to feed his child. With one hand, because of all of, and there were guys around him. They decreed he asked to feed him with two hands, meaning yes, to wash both hands. Now, my time, why did he not want to feed his child with even one hand? Amrabi, he answers Mishum Shifta because of this Ruach this evil spirit called Shifta that rests on his hands, and therefore he didn't want to feed his kid. But once he washes his hands, so then this Ruach is now off his hands. And Tan Rabban, we continue If a person is going to greet his father or his rabbi or someone who's greater than him in Tyra, and this is Anyam kipper. Overouts of urban Mimi's lot a walk up until his neck in water, Vani Khashishani doesn't have to be concerned that he's over the river washing. Yibail who they asked, Haraf Etzel Talmid Mike. What about if the Rabbi wants to go visit his Tomet and he's going to teach him Tiro is he allowed to walk up to his neck in water? Also, Pashma, we have a raya to Amaria Tzikbar bar Khana, anachiseli is the Eeri the Ozl Gabir of Khibar Ashi to me they. I saw that the went to go visit of Khibar Ashi who was his Talmid. Now we have a different version of this. Ravashi Amar he says that no, hahu of Khibar Ashi who dozl gabir ziri rabe. that story was really with of Khibar Arashi, who went to go visit Ziri, his Rebbe, and therefore wouldn't have a conclusive proof whether a Rebbe is allowed to go visit his Talmud and wade through water on Yom Kippur. Rava, Rava allowed the people of Avar Yomina to wade through water in order to watch their fruits on Yom Kippur. Armele Abayi Abayi told Ravah, We have a bride, that's a proof for you. People that are going to watch their fruits, they're allowed to wade through water, and they don't have to be concerned. They're going to watch their fruits. They're not going to bathe. They're not going to enjoy themselves. Yosef, he allowed the people of Beitarbu to wade through water, the to go listen to the shir on Yom Kippur, but to go back home, he didn't allow them. told Yosef, you're going to cause them to stumble in the future. Next year, they're not going to go to the shir because they know that they're not going to be allowed to go back home. Some say, he allowed them to go and allow them to come back. asked him, I understand they're allowed to go to the shir. That's very commendable. They're going to the shir. Rabbi why are they allowed to come back from the year and wade through water? So he answers So that it shouldn't be a stumbling block in the future We want them to go to the shear, therefore they're allowed to go and even come back And a similar story They were standing on the bank of the Papa River Right by the Chatzad crossing And Rory Bar Papa was on the other side of the river He shouted towards them And I let to cross in order to come and ask Ask you a question. So, Amalevi okay. Huda Yehuda told him, Ravish Mul Darmich Havayo, Ravish Mulbo say, either a person's allowed across to ask a halacha question, as long as his hand does not come up from under the hem of his cloak. Because if he takes the hem of his cloak and he puts his cloak on his shoulder in order to prevent it from getting wet, let's say, so then it's like he's carrying his cloak. This is not a normal way of wearing it. It's like he's carrying it, and then he's going to be over for carrying. Some say Amr Le Rav Shmuel Bar Rav Yehuda. their Shmuel Bar Yehuda told him Tanina. We learned it in Abraisa he's allowed to cross. As long as his hand doesn't come out from under the hem of his cloak. Now the Gemara goes to ask a question on the halach that we mentioned that a person's allowed to wade up until their neck in water to visit the Rebbe on Yom Kippur. So Rav he has to find Question: Even during the week, is it permitted to wade up until your neck in water? V'ksev it says in the pasuk. Now, this is Yehoshua Navi's description of a vision that he had of a thin stream of water coming out of the Kodesh and as it went from the Kodesh to the Hechal, to the azara to the Azuznashim, and it went out of the Beis HaMekdash, and it went out of Yushalayim, it steadily grew wider and stronger. And here is his description: the he measured a thousand amas. This is talking about the Malach measuring a thousand amas for Yehoshua. and he led me through the water. It was. Ankle water. Mikan, from here we learn, Lavra Saim, that a person is allowed to walk through water if it's up until their ankles. And the Possum continues, Vayamad Aleph, and he measured another thousand Amis, Vayavriani Mayim Mayam Berkayim, and he led me through the water. It was knee water. Mikan Shemotul Ad Berkayim, we learn from here, a person's allowed to walk through water if it's up until their knees. And the Possum continues, Vayamad and he measured another thousand and he led me through waste water. Mikan Shemotul Admosnaim, we learn from here, a person's allowed to wade through water up until their waist. Mikan Vayelich, from here on, the Possum tells us, Vayamad and he measured a thousand amas, it was a stream that I was unable to pass. So we see if water of a stream is higher than a person's waist, he's not allowed to pass through it. So how could we say that a person's allowed to go through water up until their neck? So Amr Abayah tells us, Shani Nahal, this Nachal, this stream that came out of the is defin, they a defi mayo because it was very swift flowing water, and that's why he was unable to pass through it once it was past his waist. But a regular stream of water, if it's not swift flowing, so then you're allowed to go into it even up until your neck. And we continue to Discussing the stream of water, you might think that he was able to cross the stream of water by swimming. Tamalim, it says in the pasuk, Hamaim for the waters swelled and they were Meisachu. Now, my Meisachu, what does that mean? They were Meisachu. Shiyuta, they were swimming waters. because people call swimming, which is Shiyata, they'll also call it which means the waters swelled and they were the depth of swimming that you technically could swim across them. However, it says in the pasuk that he was unable to cross them, even though they were. The depth of swimming waters, he was still unable to swim across them. And we continue discussing the stream of water from Yichas and you might think Yavirenu borni katana, he would have been able to cross it in a small boat. Tamalamer, that's why it says in the pasuk, Bal teilech bay ani shayet. Then ani cannot cross it. Ya'akov, you might think Yavirenu borni gedaylo, that he would have been able to cross it in a large boat. Tamalamer, that's why it says in the pasuk, If it's si adir loyavirenu, that even at si adir can't cross it. Now, my mashma, what exactly is the understanding of these words ani and si adir? Can tagam Rav It's like translated loy you can't cross it in a fishing boat, which is a small boat. And even a mighty ship can't cross it. And I'm Rav Yehuda Laver Pazi, even the Malach HaMaves has no ability to cross the stream. Ksev HaChad says over here, Baal Tehlech Bayi Ani Shayat, And Uksiv Ksev it says over there, about the Malach HaMaves, Mashut Baaretz, from wandering the land. So we have this word Shayet, and we have this word Mashut, so we see that even the Malach HaMaves is unable to cross the stream. And more about the stream, Amar Pinchas Mishum Rav Huna Tzipayra. Rav Pinchas said in the name of Rav Huna from Tzipayra. This mayan, the stream, coming out of the Kosh Kedoshim, in the beginning, when it came out of the Kosh Kedoshim, it was thin and it looked like a locust antenna. Once it reached the entrance of the Heichel, it became as wide as a thread as the warp part of the loom. Once it got to the Ulam, it became as wide as a thread of the woof part of the loom. Once it got to the entrance of the Heichel, it became as wide as the mouth of a small flask. And that's what says in the Mishnah, he says, That water, the width of the mouth of a flask, is going to end up coming out of the threshold of the Beis From then on, it got stronger and stronger, until it reached the entrance of the house of David. Once it reached the entrance of his house, it became like a swiftly flowing stream. In that stream, that's where Zavim and Zavos, women who were Nidas and birth, that's where they're able to immerse themselves. Shennemar says in the Pasuk, who On that day, niftach, there's going to be a spring opened, David, for, for the people of David's house and the dwellers of Yerushalayim, for people who need to immerse themselves, for chathos Anida. And we conclude this Gemara with halacha. Over here we have a hint that Anida, she has to be in water up until her neck, and that's the depth of the water that she needs to be in. Now, how do we know this? Because the Pasuk says that this is a stream that Anida is able to immerse in, and only said that, that she's able to immerse in it once it was called a shaytif, a swiftly flowing stream, meaning it has to be deep. And our understanding is that it has to be at least deep enough to go until her neck because that's what's considered deep. However, the Gemara concludes, the is not like him because in actuality, the halacha is, it only has to go a little bit above halfway through her waist and it does not have to go all the way up until her neck. We're going to stop here for the day. Everyone should have a wonderful day.